you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. Big Wednesday show for you because... We have reached fantasy playoff time. Week 14 is upon us, even though week 13 just wrapped up last night. We will talk about uh, what happened on Tuesday night football between the Ravens and the Cowboys. Adam Rank will join us to talk about that. He'll also have uh, his starts for the week. For those of you looking to put together a playoff lineup, and we'll do some wiretaps to finish some things out. Maybe not even for your season-long lineups, but uh, if you still are of mind to play daily fantasy, maybe some guys that uh, you might consider throwing in your lineups as well. So we'll do that and plenty more. But as always, we talked to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. And uh, Murph, I haven't talked to you about food in a while. I know you are something of a foodie. I, I'm just curious, anything new that uh, you've cooked, eaten, anything you know, worth worth mentioning right now food-wise? I'm glad you asked this. So finally, I mean, there are a few good pizza places here in Los Angeles, but obviously me being a New Yorker, I'm pretty pretty picky about that. Um, and Prince Street Pizza from Manhattan, which is you know very popular, they uh, open up a place on Sunset Boulevard over here and uh they're known for like their spicy pepperoni pie and i believe they're doing like a uh, spicy vodka pie now um and it's all the rage like every celebrity lives here is posting about it on their social media like thank you prince Street, for delivering it so um i last uh this past weekend i you know went on doordash um you have to order it super early because like they sell out by like four o'clock so i ordered this at at noon uh for the giants game and two hours later um it did show up and man it was good to have uh new york style pizza here in los angeles i know that is a a, i i know you i'm sure i know where you fall in the new york versus chicago style pizza so i know when i when i you know bring rank in i'll have to ask him this but uh, always good to know that there's a new pizza place out there. So I'll have to have to check that out. And now I, I know that I have to order it in advance. Uh, I can plan my day around that. So yes, <laughs> I, yes. I, uh, I certainly appreciate that. All right. So speaking of Adam Rank, uh, he joins us now, as he always does on Wednesday. And I guess I have to get your take on the New York v. Chicago style pizza if you have if you have a dog in that fight. Well, I think one of the biggest things that you have to recognize is that Chicago Thin Crust is actually the superior pizza to everything. Like there's no there's no contest here. It's it's a runaway. It's Chicago thin crust. That's what dominates here. And so to me, I know a lot of people think of deep dish pizza as being like a Chicago thing, and it is. And we love Giordano's and Lou Malnati's and all that stuff. You only go to those places when like visitors are in town. Otherwise, you're just kind of you're going somewhere else. And uh, that's the big thing. And I, I, but trust me too. I love, I love New York pizza. I know when uh, the draft used to be in New York, Daniel Jeremiah and I used to go to Famous Original Rays, which was right around the corner from uh, uh, Parker Meridian. So I'm in. I love a good pizza. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in on that with you if they deliver all the way down to uh, 
where I live in Stanton, California. <laughs> so wait, did you go to Famous Original Rays or Rays Original Famous or just Rays Famous or Famous Rays? I, I mean, they're like, they're like 17 variations of it. If, if I, I just went, I just sounded really confident. Like I knew exactly <laughs> the one I was talking about. I don't know. I know exactly where it is, but I don't know if it's Famous Rays or Famous Original Rays or whatever. I just tried to exude confidence there and give, give off the impression that I knew exactly what I was talking about. Although my Yelp page has a lot of cool spots because I love hanging out in Hell's Kitchen. So I have a lot of cool pizza spots that I've already got kind of, you know, reviewed and everything like that. All right, cool. Well, I will uh, I will, I will, go in and frequent your Yelp page and try to figure some of these things out. Do people um, still Yelp? Is that a thing? I think they do, but it tends to be just the most annoying people who just want to complain about things and tear down, you know, tear down establishments just trying to, you know, survive. So uh, don't be that person I've, if you are on Yelp. I've given one two star in like my whole life. I think I'm all three to fives because like everything's good. Like everything's why fine. Why be a hater? Exactly. Don't hate. Let people let people build their business. Um, all right. Uh, let's build some some fantasy headlines, shall we? Talk about some of the things that will impact lineups going forward. First off, the big news out of Philadelphia. Carson Wentz moved to the bench. Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter this week after taking over last week against the Packers. Look, I, I think for folks who are in the playoffs, I don't imagine a lot of people are going to pick up and start Jalen Hurts. But if you do have an Eagles pass catcher on your roster, do you feel a little bit more confident with Hertz at quarterback? Well, it depends on which receiver or which pass catcher you're talking about. Jalen Rager, I was about to drop, but now I'm going to have to hold on to because I want to see how this plays out. He might be somebody that could be a valuable piece moving forward. And I'm talking, I'm really looking at my league of record. My tight end is Dallas Goddard, who I was very confident in. Zach Ertz returning to the lineup did not hurt my opinion on this at all. Now I'm, I'm, really baffled about what's going to happen, how much he's going to be targeted. Carson Wentz loved throwing to Dallas Goddard, and he loved going to Richard Rodgers as well. I'm really hopeful that he's going to continue that trend by going to Goddard. But now I'm in a situation, I lost out on a bye last week because of Justin Herbert. And I'm, that's my own fault. Actually, I lost, I ran into a bus last week. But <laughs> I really need to figure this out because the tight end position is so difficult to find consistent production. And I thought I had a little bit of a gem with Dallas Goddard. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. I had somebody ask me if they should start Dallas Goddard or Johnu Smith, you know, provided Johnu's healthy. And that's ready what to I go. got. And I, at this moment, I'm sort of leaning toward Janu just because I at least have an idea of how they use him. Like I, there's so much unknown with Jalen Hurts. On top of it, uh, you know, let's talk about the matchup too. They're the playing Saints, the Saints, yeah. and that, that defense has gotten so much better. There's just so many things that are question marks that I sort of suggested leaning toward Janu Smith. Because at least I have a better idea of how that's going to go. Um, you know, and they got I, the Jags. I, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be fun to watch Hurts. I'm interested to see him play, but fantasy wise, I just in in such a critical week, I don't know that I want to trust any of those guys with so many unknowns just hanging out there right now. Um, we'll see, but it, it, it at least will be fun to watch from a football standpoint just to see if Hurts can do some things and, and maybe get this Eagles offense back on track because it has been kind of not fun to watch for most of the season. Uh, Antonio Gibson has been fun to watch for most of the season. Unfortunately, he left the game earlier this week. What was that, Monday? I, I lost track of all the yeah, days. But I believe yeah, it Monday, was Monday. Uh, against the Steelers with a toe injury. It's being called turf toe. And the thought right now is that he will not be available for week 14 against the 49ers. They have not said how much further he could be out. 
So if you are looking for help, I I have Antonio Gibson in a couple of spots. I need to replace him. Is the best replacement option, is it somebody on the Washington roster or is it somebody else? Well, the first thing that I did, because there's not a lot of availability on the waiver wire. If you wanted to go and pick up Cam Akers or Adrian Peterson or anybody like that who might be out there, like obviously that's the way that you want to go. But what I'm really looking at is J.D. McKissick, because I know a lot of people gave up on him because Antonio Gibson started catching the ball out of the backfield. So McKissick seemed like the guy who was getting a lot of production. I know Philip or uh, it's Philip Bar- No, wait, Barber, Peyton Barber. Excuse Peyton me. Barber. Mm-hmm. Philip Barber was a former or still a current NFL writer up in the Bay Area. So sorry, Phil Barber. I didn't mean. Well, shout out <laughs> to Phil Barber. What are you going to do? Um, but I do like I, I do like McKissick just for the receptions out of the backfield. And as Michael F. Florio talked about earlier on this show, on another show on Friday, uh, how those receptions are worth three carries. So I think that McKissick's the guy I'm going to want to go with. Probably that guy. Uh, I would suggest, like, as you did, look, if Cam Akers is out there, give him a shot. I'm, I'm curious to see what Ty Johnson might do with the Jets if Frank Gore doesn't play. But it does seem like McKissick slides in there and probably gets a lot more targets. So maybe that is sort of the way to go. Uh, I'm asking mostly for myself because I have to figure out how to fill that spot uh, on my roster now that Gibson is gone. Uh, John Gruden says he's not expecting Josh Jacobs to play in week 14 as he's dealing with an ankle injury. Missed last week, and I know a lot of people pivoted to Devontae Booker, and that didn't work out so great. Uh, Do we give him another shot this week, or do we, we go somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I had high expectations for him, and I had missed out on him on the waiver wire. I had mistakenly, well, I carry a bunch of starting running backs, and this isn't my league of record, but it's my second city league. Thankfully, I did get the bye, got to 10 wins, and my two starting running backs over the last couple of weeks have been Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs. Neither one of those players will be available. Thankfully, I've got the bye. Neither one of those players I don't think will be available this week, and so. I'm looking at some of the other guys who are on my roster. Like, I'm going to try to get J.D. McKissick. Hopefully, Christian McCaffrey is going to return and be ready to go. That's That should be a fait accompli, I hope. And then McKissick, again, is the other guy that I'm looking at. I do have David Johnson floating around in that league. I've tried to get rid of David Johnson forever. <laughs> and I was happy when he was on. I, I just didn't want to have to make that decision every week. Like, I don't want to decide whether I'm playing David Johnson or not. So, it's going to be a tough call for me, and I hope, again, that I can weather this storm, get into week 15, and have a starting lineup that includes the team that I drafted, Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs as my two running backs. So hopefully we're going to see that. That, I think, will be the key for a lot of fantasy managers this week is just trying to survive, You know, seeing if Gibson can come back, seeing if Josh Jacobs can come back. I, I am not really advocating the Devontae Booker deal. Because we saw a lot of guys getting getting work. I mean, they spread it around. It wasn't just the Devontae Booker show back there. So, uh, I mean, I guess if you're fine with 51 scrimmage yards and no touchdowns, then hooray. Um, I I would like a little bit more than that. So I would, I would probably stay away from Devontae Booker. Um, Last piece of news, Peyton, uh, Sean Peyton, I should say. I almost said Peyton Barber, but he has no he has no bearing over what Drew Brees does. Uh, Sean Peyton said that Drew Brees does not have a time frame for his return. Now he's eligible to come off injured reserve after having those rib and lung injuries. I've seen some reports that he could be back in week 15. So I guess it means for the short term, we have at least one more week of Taysom Hill. But last week, you know, we saw Alvin Kamara actually be productive again. So does this mean like we're okay? Do we feel better about Taysom still being a quarterback if you have a skill position guy in New Orleans? 
Well, I have more Taysom Hill shares than I have Alvin Kamara shares, so I feel great about this. <laughs> and it really, it, it's going to be a conundrum of what the Saints do. I, I imagine they'll likely go back to Drew Brees and they'll just roll out Taysom Hill for a few packages. I think the one thing that works in the Saints' favor, and I, I, I know this is a fantasy show and people are like, ah, start whoever, but I'm thinking of it as a football thing and – now that when Taysom Hill rolls out on the field and you know how dangerous he can be, he was still gimmicky before, and you're like, yeah, I guess. We'll see. But we know now he can play a full game. He can go. He can win a contest for you. And so I look at this situation. I'm really curious to see how the Saints are going to approach it moving forward. I feel really concerned if I have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas as guys I've been counting on or been hopeful of. I Michael Thomas probably not so much. You've either been eliminated by now or you figured <laughs> out you've you figured out the workaround at this point. Alvin Kamara is the really the one because I'm sure that that was the linchpin of your team and you probably just kind of scuffled your way into the playoffs. You need Drew Brees to come back for those dump offs or you'll, or at least find a way for Taysom Hill to get the ball into his hands with a little bit more consistency. Glad they were able to do it against the uh, the Falcons last week. Interesting matchup this week. So I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. I'm hoping that that you know, maybe somebody put a bug in Taysom's ear like, hey, you should give the ball to that Camara guy because he's pretty good. He did have a couple more targets. I think he had three targets, uh, caught two of them on Sunday. So that is progress. Uh, he did have a nice long run. He scored a touchdown. So, again, it's progress. But considering where he had been at the start of the year, I feel like that's not going to come back as long as Taysom Hill is the quarterback because he's going to take off and run. He's going to score some touchdowns. Uh, I also worry about Michael Thomas. But like you said, at this point, if you have Michael Thomas, you have sort of figured out how to live without him or, you know, you just had a, a terrible season and you're probably packing it in anyway. So uh, yeah. I do think the, the Camara folks are, are concerned, rightly so. I am one of them. Uh, I'm just hoping that that Sean Payton and and Taysom and and Kamara have a powwow and get together and figure out how to you know how to make this work, how to make it work for everybody. Because um, selfishly, I don't really care if the Saints win or lose. I just want my dude to get fantasy points. That's of all course. I really care about. That's it. Um, okay. Uh, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, this is going to be a unique show and the fact that we have a TNF recap and a TNF preview. So we'll start with the <laughs> Tuesday night football recap. The Ravens beat the Cowboys 34-17. Lamar Jackson came back and had a pretty decent fantasy day. 25.6 points, 107 passing yards, a couple of touchdowns, also ran for 94 yards and a score. Michael Gallup Sort of popping up out of nowhere. Seven catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know that anybody was really starting Michael Gallup at this point in the season. But if you are, congratulations, uh, because that happened for you. And then uh, Andy Dalton, 285 yards, a couple of touchdowns, an interception, uh, 17.6 fantasy points there. But another underwhelming day for Ezekiel Elliott. He actually got double-digit fantasy points, which is something that he hadn't really been doing a whole lot of recently. But uh, he is not the guy that people thought they were drafting in the first round. Is he still – can you still consider him an RB1 at this point? Well, I would have to think uh, – RB1, maybe not. But who who have you added to your team who has surpassed him? I mean, maybe if you were lucky enough to get James Robinson, obviously that is your go-to guy. And if Ezekiel Elliott is somebody that you're not counting on every week to be your number one guy, then I think that you're in a pretty good spot. 
I thought his game last night was really good. I was impressed with him. I thought he had some nice moves out there. I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he looked crisp. And then you, at some point, you have to also go back and realize the Ravens are a pretty good team, and that's a pretty good defense. And normally, we would be trying to avoid as many fantasy superstars as we could against the Ravens. So I think for the matchup that he had, that was pretty good. And I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me with Ezekiel Elliott is that there used to be situations where you just didn't care about the matchup. He's playing the Steelers. <laughs> he's playing the 49ers. Or I don't care. Like, it's Ezekiel Elliott. I'm starting him. I think now that when he's playing, because of, because of the circumstance, and I don't think that this is, uh, this is a, a ding on him or his ability, but I think because of the circumstances with Dak being out, with so many injuries to the offensive line, when he plays tough teams like this, if he gets double-digit fantasy points, I have to consider that a win. I think I think your first point too was maybe the the most cogent one in that you know at this point the rest of them be, weren't but the first one was but the first one was yeah the rest of them you can just throw out um, but it is like at this point I don't know that you have better options and so you are playing Ezekiel Elliott and I think when when people have asked me about it or when we've talked about him that has sort of been the thing I fall back on is that well I mean who else do you have on your roster that you're going to feel better about because you know that the ceiling for Zeke is still fairly high it's just that the flow the floor has gotten a lot lower over the last few weeks and some of it is out of his control right I mean the offensive line has sort of fallen apart uh, that has, you know, that's not something he can control. Dak Prescott getting hurt was certainly out of his control, and that has changed the dynamic of this offense. Uh, and I guess in some ways, too, if you have Zeke, you're really no worse off than, say, anybody who drafted Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, take, take any number well, of running backs who went in the first round. May I, may I make up? Can I bring Please. up a point about that? Is uh, I would rather have had Christian McCaffrey this season, which I have in a bunch of spots than Ezekiel Elliott, because at least I know where Christian McCaffrey <laughs> is on the bench. I don't have to deal with it. Hopefully I got Mike Davis. Hopefully I picked up James Robinson or Antonio Gibson, which I know, well, James Robinson's still great, but Antonio Gibson, but like I, I worked around, I, I, I'd fixed the situation. I'd already moved on. I wasn't, I wasn't left hanging. I wasn't like, this was a, this was a clean breakup. This wasn't like the guy who has ghosted me a couple of times and you're like, I'm over it. Then he's like, hey, do you want to go to TGI Fridays? And you're like, no, it's a pandemic. That would be stupid. Um, but you know what I mean? You do Like in a normal year, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 to me, like this is the most frustrating thing. And if you've made it to the fantasy playoffs, and if, obviously the only reason you're listening to the show probably now, no disrespect to us, is because you're in the fantasy playoffs. Or maybe you really love stupid wrestling analogies. And if you do, then I say thank you, and I appreciate that. Maybe you want to hear more about San Andreas. I don't know. The thing is, is if you've made it to the playoffs with Ezekiel Elliott, you've done an amazing job. You should – I hope you win, but I hope you also realize that you've probably had probably your best fantasy season that you've ever could imagine because you've done such a great job of, of navigating this minefield that you got to the playoffs, and that's a huge accomplishment. So hopefully you'll go out and win, but I hope you're – I hope you take a second this week, have a little bit of pride of what you did, because that was not easy to overcome. There you go. So everybody take a victory lap if you made the playoffs <laughs> with Ezekiel Elliott, because you have earned it. Um, on the other side, the Ravens running backs, they used all three guys again, uh, but Gus Edwards had over 100 yards. J.K. Dobbins had a good day and scored a touchdown as well. Mark Ingram didn't see the ball much, didn't do a whole lot. Did we gain any clarity on what's happening in that Ravens backfield? yesterday oh yeah absolutely Lamar Jackson's their number one running back that's exactly what we've <laughs> always thought and I I hate to say that because I, I don't want the 
it's good for a running back stuff to come back. But the Ravens are just back. The band's back together. Like, hey, here it is. It's the Black Crows again. They're they're reunited, or at least it's the Robinson brothers in that school. That this is it. This is what we've had to deal with. And again, if you've made it to the fantasy playoffs, having to go with this. At least it wasn't your first round pick. I hope you didn't use a first round pick on any one of these running backs. But it's very frustrating. And it seems like for whatever reason, Gus Edwards seems the most trustworthy. We love it. Like Mark Ingram, such a great player, big trust, love him. J.K. Dobbins was outstanding at Ohio State. But Gus Edwards, man, I'm telling you, every week, going back and watching these games, it seems like that is the running back that they absolutely love. And, you know, they're at practice. I'm not. He's good. I mean, he had 100 yards, so I can't really complain about it too much. But that looks like the guy. I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I'm, not, I'm with you. I feel, like, I feel like Gus Edwards, you know, either should get more opportunities in Baltimore or he should go somewhere where he can be more of a lead running back or something because he is yeah. the guy that has been the most consistent week in and week out. And I know, you know, I know the Dynasty League folks and the, the Devi League people really want J.K. Dobbins. They also tend to trend toward younger running backs, so that has a lot to do with it. And Dobbins has been good. I'm not going to, you know, I don't I don't want to make it sound like he's been awful this year. But Gus Edwards, to me, has been the most consistent of the three. Um, you know, I also was part of the Daryl Henderson hive when everybody, you know, wants to see more of Cam Akers. So maybe I'm just a, a weirdo, which is fine. It wouldn't be the first time I've heard that. Um, right. So, you know, I, I, I was I, just thinking that last night. That I'm a weirdo? That's cool. Yeah, a um, little bit. Like, right, no disrespect, but I like I it in a good way. It. <laughs> I know, I know it's who I in am. a good way. Like I know who I am. I don't know. It's fine. No, because you, like, you irrationally hate stuff like friends. Like, why Why that makes you so angry, what? I don't know. I think you have me confused with someone else. I don't hate oh, friends. Oh, wait, rather, who is it? I'm actually who indifferent to friends. Uh, Patrick Claybon really hates friends. Oh, um, and Harmon. Harmon hates Harman, friends, too, Matt, right? Matt, our pal Matt Harmon also hates friends, but I'm fairly indifferent to friends. You're um, indifferent. Hytham and I love friends. I don't know where Gelhar. Listen, this is this is a, a blast of the past to anybody who's been listening <laughs> to this show for years. Talking about some of these names from the past. We still talk and we're still like we're still friends and we talk. And every once in a while, I don't know, it's like a, a every it's a twice yearly thing. Is it, there's a bunch of friends slander. And then Hytham, who does who's the producer for the fantasy bite show. We have to huddle and be like, I don't know why these guys hate the show so much. Marcus is in the I'm sorry, I forgot. Friends, so that's right. Okay, yeah. I'm so mad. I was mad at. I'm mad at the. I'm mad at our friends who hate friends. And I'm sorry (laughs) that you got the. I'm sorry you got the collateral damage that I grouped you in with those two. You know, I I appreciated you know Aisha Tyler's turn on the show. You know, when she was (laughs) dating Ross, she dated Ross and Joey at some point. Correct? I know she dated. Yeah, that was. uh, Yeah. She dated Joey as well. So, like, I, I, I'm, I am fairly neutral. I am Switzerland when it comes to friends. All right. Uh, which I'm sure is what everybody tuned into this show to find out. But you know now. So. I feel like we need an official statement from the stronghold. Like, where everybody stands <laughs> where on everybody friends. Stands so on everybody friends. Can... Like, we'll just post, we'll post it on Twitter so everybody it's can It's the Infinity Wars. <laughs> um, last thing here. Uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> had a pretty good night last night, fantasy-wise. Uh, I know he's been... He's been underwhelming compared to what people expected of him this year. I'll say it like that. Are we okay? We just you know, are we just putting him in our lineups and just setting it and forgetting it for the fantasy playoffs? Are we cool with that? You know what's funny is you were so dismissive of his 25 points. And you're like, hey, it was fine. He had 25 points. That's how good he is. And I understand it. I, I agree with you. You feel like this should be a guy who's going out there and, and putting up 37 points every time he goes out there. 
I I loved his performance last night. I thought he was really good, and I know a lot of people are nitpicking it. He is he is one of the quarterbacks who will be nitpicked to death for his throws and every every throw. I listen. I went back and watched some games. I've seen Tom Brady miss some throws this season. I've seen some of the other elite quarterbacks miss some throws this season. I know that Baker Mayfield's not an elite quarterback, but he gets a lot of grief as well, like missing a wide open. That kind of stuff happens. Now that everybody has access to all 22, yeah, this stuff has been going on for years. Like, I, I know it's a shock to you that you see it because a lot of times you only see highlights and you're like, oh, I, this guy never throws a bad pass. It sometimes happens. I think coming off the COVID list and not having a lot of time to prepare and not having a, a normal week and playing football on a Tuesday, I thought this was great. And I know fantasy-wise you want more points, and I understand that. But I think from a football standpoint, and I know that I, I'm a weirdo because I like football, not just fantasy, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those things like I really appreciated what he did. I walked away impressed. I'm sorry if you started him and you needed 35 points. That wasn't happening, but he was good. And so I think that if there's ever some normalcy and he gets regular reps and he practices, this stuff might improve. So I, I like it. And I think that, you know, I know my friend Craig who watches the show was excited about it. And he's like, is this it? I'm like, yeah, you're good. Like if you like my friend Craig has him and Derek Henry, I'm like, I don't want to see you in the playoffs. Your team squeaked by barely got in and you're the team that I do not want to see because I think the ability with players like that is huge. I think you talk about everybody having all 22s and, you know, especially the, the folks, the, the tape grinders on Twitter. Who Look, a lot of those guys do a lot of good work. Uh, Love guys em. and, Love and women, right? Uh, between that and the fact that we have so many, you know, quote unquote, island games where like there's the only game on in prime yeah. time, like we see a lot more stuff. And so every time a guy makes a mistake, it ends up being magnified. Um, uh, I guess that's a long way of saying, yeah, I'd put Lamar in my lineup and just leave him there because, you know, look, yeah, <laughs> part, of it, part of it is that, you know, the Ravens, I mean, let's, let's, you know, from a real football perspective, the Ravens are sort of in playoff mode right now, right? Like they got to keep winning games. And so that means Lamar's got to go out and play well, which means they need him to run the football effectively, throw the football effectively. So, uh, you know, for your fantasy playoffs, I think it helps to have the Ravens in real playoff mode. So maybe that makes things a little bit better for Lamar. Uh, and we can, you know, we can scrub away the, the the taste of the frustration from earlier in the year, and he finishes strong. Because you know, if a guy finishes yeah. strong, then we go back into the end of the you know, oh. start of next year. We're like, draft him high, you know, forgetting Love what happened this guy. earlier. Love this exactly. guy. Exactly. So maybe Lamar can get us back to that. It's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa for peace of mind online. Visa's got you covered. Every week, Adam Rank writes out his starts and sits. You can find them at NFL.com slash start sit. Easy enough. Uh, we'd like to keep it positive here, though. So we're mostly going to talk starts and then we'll talk about something else in place of where we normally do sits. Uh, so for quarterbacks that people should put in their lineups, who do you have? Well, I think the one quarterback I'm being asked about the most is Justin Herbert. And I have confidence in him this week going up against the Atlanta Falcons. I shouldn't have had the hubris that I had with him going up against the New England Patriots because I'm like, I know Belichick's good against rookie quarterbacks. Shut up. He's at home. And uh, it didn't work out. It was terrible. If you lost, if you didn't make the playoffs because of it, well, you're probably not listening. But if you did make it like me, I lost out on the first round by I've now got to play this week. I'm thankful that it is the Falcons who've allowed a lot of passing touchdowns this season, around two a game. Herbert has thrown two touchdown passes 
per game in seven of his last nine games. The Falcons have still allowed some of the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. I don't know what it is this morning, but it's top five at the very at the very worst. So I'm I'm comfortable with Justin Herbert. I'm very comfortable with Ryan Tannehill this week again, too. It's kind of like Ryan Tannehill had that rough stretch. It's kind of like when Chris Pratt made the jump to movies and he started doing Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff. You're like, he's never going to make a bad movie again. He's the he's awesome. <laughs> and then he did Passengers and he's like, this guy sucks. Go back to Parks and Rec. But his <laughs> next movie was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And you're like, oh, he's awesome again. And I think that that's kind of the arc that Ryan Tannehill has taken this season. And he's going up against my friends down in Duval County. They've allowed at least two touchdown passes in six consecutive games. They're amongst the lead leaders in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So that's a good one. And you know what? Can I say one other thing? I know we don't have B-roll for it. So I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it quick. If you have Kirk Cousins, and you're obviously probably not going to play him this week against Tampa Bay, because Kirk Cousins is the the quarterback equivalent of the Hanson Mbop song. Like, it's cool to watch it. <laughs> Do we have tape of Kirk Cousins? This is awesome. Look at that. But Mbop is something that you like to enjoy at your home. You don't want people outside of the house seeing you do that. You know, you don't want to be like just bumping around in your car like it's the beginning of the Hangover 3 or something like that. But I will say this about Cousins. He's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game at home, less than 12 on the road. He's on the road at Tampa Bay. You don't want to play him. Week 15. He's got the Bears. Personally, I won't make this move, but I think that's a great option. I think that Kirk Cousins, especially – let's see how the Bears play this week, how they respond to that Detroit loss. If they're going into the tank, this is a must-start Kirk Cousins game in week 15. So don't drop them. Hold on to them if you can. Didn't think Hanson was going to make it to the show, but uh, but here we are. Uh, there it is. Uh, I <laughs> running back starts. Who, who's on your list? I'm going to go with Aaron Jones, who I forgot was a thing. And then he busted out a 77-yard touchdown run. You're like, oh, that's right. Aaron Jones plays for the Green Bay Packers. I believe we were just a week removed from people freaking out about Jamal Williams and saying like, oh, my gosh, what is happening with this Packers backfield? And I think now I I haven't checked the stats. I don't think he's going to get 19 touchdowns this season. But I think that this is a great opportunity against the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Detroit. Detroit Lions. Sorry, Detroit there's, Lions. This, there's this nice guy on Twitter who always corrects me. I've been saying it wrong my whole life. I don't know if it's a Chicago <laughs> thing, a Southern California thing. Detroit. They've allowed a lot of fantasy production to running backs this season. They've allowed 23 rushing touchdowns to do the position, and they've allowed a, a lot of scrimmage yards as well. This might not be a huge Aaron Rodgers game this week. I'm kind of worried about it. I think they're going to turn to the running attack, so I love him. And obviously with Derrick Henry, I just, you know what, I I think sometimes when we get into this fantasy game, we don't talk enough about the guys who are really good. And I know that nobody's going to be sitting Derrick Henry this week. I don't know. He can have a string of of donuts and bagels in my point total. I'm still going to go out there and start him, especially against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have allowed a lot of fantasy production. And, of course, we remember that Thursday night game a couple of years ago where he had the 99-yard touchdown run. So there's no way that you're going to be sitting Derrick Henry. And, of course, we're also waiting for – are we talking about Cam Akers and wiretaps? That's also another one. That would be a start for me if he's healthy and ready to go. We're not, so we can talk about him here. That's fine. (laughs) You want to talk about him for a sec? Like, do we have a moment? Sure. Like, I I just want to say that if he – I know that the matchup is tough. And 
it's difficult going up against the the New England Patriots, but I think that we started seeing this a couple of weeks ago. We didn't want to dive in completely with Cam Akers because we're like, it's still, it still seems a little too good to be true, but I think it now is starting to look, Marcus, like all the things that we said about him in the offseason finally starting to come to fruition. And if for whatever reason, if he's still available on your waiver wire and on NFL.com waivers hit tonight, if you're in a smaller league, like a 10-team league and nobody bought in, just check. But if you've got him and he practices in full on Wednesday, and I know that we record this before the Rams practice report has come out, but if he's a full go on Wednesday, I think I'm starting him. I think I am too. I mean, my only beef with Cam Akers, my only beef with Cam Akers is that you know he was stuck in a rotation. That didn't have anything yeah. really directly to do with him. But if Sean McVay wants to give him the ball, uh, yeah, fine, I'm on board with it. So uh, I know the Cam Akers hive is just excited to, to take victory laps when and where they can. Um, wide receiver starts. Who who do you have? Well, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd this week, and uh, obviously he was ready. he was bounced last week after his 73, 75 yard touchdown. But that's okay. You gave me 15 points. Take the rest of the afternoon off. I'm magnanimous like that. I'm not counting on you <laughs> as much as I'm counting on DK Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins. I get mad at those guys if they don't perform. But if if, if Tyler Boyd is sitting there as my RB3, or excuse me, wide receiver three, and he gives me 15 fantasy points, we're cool. And now he's going up against the Dallas Cowboys who've allowed the – well, going into last night's game, it was the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed 19 receiving touchdowns. Hollywood Brown got into the end zone last week, so I feel very comfortable with that. And I also love Calvin Ridley this week. He's right there, averaging close to 18 fantasy points per game. He's had at least 14 in nine of his last 11. The Chargers have allowed two-plus receiving two-plus receiving touchdowns in seven consecutive games. The secondary is a little bit of a mess. They aren't really getting to the quarterback. I hope that this is going to be a high-scoring game out here in Inglewood. So I love Calvin Ridley this week. I like Tyler Boyd this week as well. And I feel like this is a Marcus Grant guy. I think Jamison Crowder is another wide receiver that I like this week too. I think that he's been playing fantastic. And I think that that's somebody that you have to get into your lineup. Sam Darnold loves uh, – I mean, Sam Darnold and, and slot receivers go together like chicken and waffles. So, yeah, I'm totally on board with uh, with Jamison Crowder. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, okay, so for us plebes who don't have Travis Kelsey on our roster, oh, what tight end should we start? Well, I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. And this reminds me <laughs> of the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 13, after Shawn Michaels was going to take some time off because of his back injury and Triple H came out and talked about going to the click – you know, going back to guys that you're familiar with. I feel that Tom Brady is in that mode with Rob Gronkowski, you know, having to go to somebody that he knows that he can trust, that he's counted on for for years. And Gronkowski has been a really good fantasy tight end, 13-plus fantasy points in two out of his last three games. He's had at least six targets in three out of his last four games. I went back and used next-gen stats to see where those targets are coming from. And there are, a lot of them are coming on first and second down. So they're really going to him. They're making it a point to get Rob Gronkowski involved. So I make sure that I have him in my lineup this week. I know they're coming off a bye, so you might want to go back and check. A lot of faith in Rob Gronkowski. And I have a lot of faith in Eric Ebron, too. They're going up against the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers' offense looked a little off on Monday, but I guess that's going to happen when you have a game that's supposed to be played on Thanksgiving, when was that game supposed to be played? Like their, their schedule 
has been moved around so much. I really, honest to God, believe that the the number one, like the number one tiebreaker for the playoffs this season is how many times have your games been moved? That should be the first tiebreaker. If them, if them and the Chiefs have the same record, they should look at the Steelers and be like, who, how many times have your games been moved? The Steelers, all of them. Okay, yeah, I think you get, you get the tiebreaker, guys. <laughs> but I really like Eric Ebron. I really like the way that they've been using him. And, you know, Eric Ebron came out during the offseason or the preseason, and he was he was talking himself up, and he's gone out there and backed it up. Now, he hasn't gone out and put up Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller numbers, but he's been very good, so I'm going to start him this week. I feel like tight end has become like – it's like the old Mad TV skit of lowered expectations, you know, like the weird dating <laughs> service they had. Like, like that's kind of like tight end, right? Like if you're willing to sort of accept a little bit less, like you can find some some good guys out there to start. Um, Eric Ebron has – you know, he has fit nicely into that mold. I even saw people uh, hyping up Tyler Eifert this morning, which, yeah, that's – yeah. Yeah, to quote Obi Wan Kenobi, I, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Nah, um, but uh, so yeah, I guess there, there are tight end gems out there to be found if you are willing to you know sort of adjust your your expectations a little bit. Uh, defensive starts for this week, which ones are good ones? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. You went from Obi Wan to Ben, like that was a that was a huge <laughs> right? drop. At least he tried to disguise his name, unlike Luke Skywalker. He didn't his last name though; he was just Ben Kenobi. Like what? Like that, I, I guess there's not like a, a yellow pages type of service in that galaxy where they can be like, hey, do you think you have a son? How about the planet you came from? Do you have any relatives there? Do you want to check in on? In any event, uh, let's talk about the Seahawks defense, I believe is going to be the first one off. I hope that's the first one that's queued in and ready to go. I know a lot of people picked them up over the last couple of weeks because they've had some really nice matchups and it hasn't always been working out that great even though this team is a lot better but it's a jamal adams revenge game against his former team the new york jets seattle is coming off their worst game of the season their fans are freaking out i love the overreaction by fans too they're like this is the most embarrassing loss that i've ever seen the seahawks make it's like settle down people brian bosworth got <laughs> run over in the end although i like the boss and i felt like he kind of stood bo jackson up and then was just kind of the momentum carried him into the end zone. But in any event, I like the Seahawks defense this week. I also like the football team's defense as well. I think this is a pretty good – I think uh, I, I came across impressed with them on Monday night, Monday afternoon, Tuesday. Was it today? Did they play this morning? I don't know. But I like what the football team's got going. You know, this is something that we've talked about for the entire year is that this front seven is one of the best in the league. And if they could – you know, imagine if they would have been the ones – who had signed James Bradbury, or if they had James Bradbury in their secondary. This could be – we could be talking about a team that's pretty good or a defense that's exceptional. But even as it stands right now, they're really good, and you can play them against the 49ers. I don't expect the 49ers to play as poorly as they did in their game on Monday night. They've had to have a lot of, a lot of flexibility with their schedule, playing in Arizona, playing their home games in Arizona. Really an unusual year. I like Nick Mullins. And I like the graphics that they were pulling up. Like, he's had as many yards in his first whatever games as Patrick Mahomes. You're like, good for him, man. Like, you'll probably be an afterthought. Like, no disrespect. Like, you're probably not going to be the – like, people aren't going to be talking about you 30 years from now. But you can always pull out that video, and you can pull it out for his grandkids. And they'll be like, check this out. They're like, what app is that? They're like, it's called Twitter. Like, what's Twitter? They're like, I don't know. Just watch this video. I kept it just for this reason. 
but that was good. But I think that we can, I think we can stream the Washington FD. Of course, the obvious defense is you're playing. If I might say one other thing, don't drop the Browns. The Browns still have mm-hmm. the Giants and the Jets coming up. They have the Ravens this week, and now you probably don't want to play them. But they've got the Jets and the Giants, so you might want to hold on. to. Oh, and by the way, how about that kid on Twitter who got mad at us because we were talking about the Browns last week? They're like, oh, of course you'd say that against the Titans. Right. Hey, bro, how do you feel today? <laughs> uh, by the way. Uh, Brian Bosworth might have been run over by Bo Jackson, but Bo Jackson never made a movie as good as Stone Cold. So that's a great trade-off. That's a great movie. Life's full full of trade-offs. Anyway, that was Secure Starts presented by Visa. In the past, we would do sits in this spot, but uh, we decided just to do something different. If you want to read the literal, Marcus, that's the problem. if you want to go read, you know, who Adam Rink thinks is not going to have a great week, let's just let's phrase it like that. We think these guys aren't going to have the greatest week. If you want to read that list, you can go check it out at NFL.com slash start sit. But I sort of had a question, and it's not necessarily yeah. a straight up start sit sort of question, but it is a roster question. There is a debate that rages every year around this time in fantasy Twitter about teams who maybe aren't in the playoffs or who are in the consolation bracket of their playoffs going out and making waiver wire claims. Where do you fall on this, on this debate here? Well, it really depends on the structure of your league. If you have a keeper league and there's a player that you can pick up, like let's say Cam Akers is available in your league and it's a keeper. I mean, that's a, that's a weird example. But if there's somebody that you want to keep for next season, I think you should be allowed to go out there and make the moves that you need to make. I I actually have – I missed the playoffs one year, and I had picked up Andrew Luck because somebody had dropped him. And I'm like, hey, dummy, like this is a keeper league. (laughs) So I picked up Andrew Luck. I think like that kind of stuff should be allowed. If you have a league where there's a punishment, where the last place team has to purchase – all the food at the draft next year, or they've got to kick into some pot or whatever it is. If there is something to play for in your consolation bracket, I think that that's allowed as well. I know in a couple of my leagues, I have set it up to where if you, if you win the consolation tournament, you get the number one pick next year. Cause that I think rewards more mm-hmm. and then whoever came in last gets the second one. I think that that's a really cool option for people. So if, if your leagues are like that, then I say, yeah. But if your consolation bracket means nothing and there's nothing to play for, they should be locked out. I, see, I've i never actually been the person who has made a waiver claim, <clears throat> excuse me, when out of the playoffs. Uh, I just I'm also the sort of person who just gets offended at people saying that I shouldn't be able to. And that makes me <laughs> want to be petty and go and do it. Um, but, you know, I refrain because I, I don't I don't want to be that person. Uh, but I do think if there's something to play for, if there is some sort of punishment, if there's some some sort of prize or, you know, or or, or punishment, like I said, at the end, um, then you should still be able to have that opportunity. But, you know, if it's just that you made the playoff, you missed the playoffs and your season's over, uh, that's kind of a jerk move. <laughs> so so I would say, you know, check your check your your league scoring system, check your your, your playoff settings and, and see how that works. Um, but again, if you're just going to, you know, be a jerk and tell me that I just shouldn't just because, you know, you feel like I shouldn't, then I'm going to be petty and I'm going to go out there and try to snag Ty Johnson just to irritate you uh, and right. make your life miserable. So that's all. Uh, this was a lot more civil. I, I felt like uh, maybe if we put this out on, on the Twitters, oh, yeah. uh, it will rage. It will be a conflagration of, of anger. Uh, I would I say that too, we could do this uh, civilly. We also have to ask, too, like the people who are not in the playoffs and are like, I'm going to cut Aaron Rodgers. Like, stop it. 
Don't be don't that do person that. either. Don't do That's that. That's dumb yeah. too. <clears throat> Absolutely don't do that. That that's awful. We got a Thursday night football game that's being played fittingly enough on Thursday, uh, a Super Bowl rematch from a couple seasons ago between the Patriots and the Rams. The quarterback, at least on one side, is going to be different. Uh, it is going to be Cam Newton, who okay, we were optimistic about before the season. And yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the question is, how would you describe? How would you rate? How do you feel about his his fantasy season so far? Yeah, it's really tough because it has been a roller coaster and I'm in kind of a weird position with Cam Newton because I I feel like I'm one of his biggest fans and one of his biggest defenders. So I have the reward of being elated that he's playing well and winning football games and he's got the Patriots in the mix and he's got them, you know, on the outside of the playoffs and possibly getting in there. So I feel from that perspective, I feel really great. So it, it kind of it kind of bleeds into the it, – it makes me feel a lot better about his season than I would if I only was using Cam as a, a fantasy player. And so I think the fantasy – it's been tough because I look back at the teams, especially I have them in a lot of super flex leagues, and it just – you know, that part of it's disappointing because I play him every week and he's <laughs> or when he's healthy, obviously, when he's got the, the – because the, he's got the touchdown potential. But I don't know. I mean, like sometimes I just – I like him as a fan, like as a, as a football fan. I just have really enjoyed Cam's season. and But I, I think it's telling that in any league of consequence that I'm in, I don't have Cam Newton as my starting fantasy quarterback. I was, was rolling in one league with a combination of Cam and Joe Burrow and obviously you know oh. lost Burrow because of the injury. So I've, I've sort of been kind of trying to piece it together with Cam, and it has been frustrating at times. I mean, look, last week was – it was a nice game, 23 and a half points, but he's had some games where he's been in single digits, um, you know, and it's it's been a weird year for him. I mean, he's got I think he's just got five passing touchdowns, but he has 11 rushing touchdowns. So that has sort of kind of kept him afloat. Um, yeah, I like watching him. I'm a fan of Cam Newton. I think in terms of fantasy, it has it has been something that's been fairly forgettable. I think he's like QB 19 right now or something like that. It's been it's been kind of forgettable. Um, you know, I think the reasons for it are, are many, um, hmm. one, one of which like, you know, the receiver core is not great. Julian Edelman's been out forever. Um, you know, Nikhil Harry has not really shown up for much of anything. So that has nothing to do with it. Uh, I just, like I said, I, I think at this point, if you're in the playoffs, you probably have a better quarterback option. So you may not be locked into starting cam every week, which, you can just sit back and watch him as a fan, I guess, and not have the, not have the heartache. No, I, would, I wish I was that. sitting here wearing a number one Bears jersey because that would have been I'm amazing. I'm sure you do. I'm I, sure you, know, you do. I'm just amazed, too. And I, I don't know if it would have been as good if he had gone to Chicago or anything like that. But it is it is telling or it's a nod to the Patriots organization where they just they, – they had a quarterback who was probably the least mobile quarterback outside of Phillip Rivers <laughs> – in the NFL, and then they bring in Cam, and then, you know, they're having some success with it and everything. I, I know Josh McDaniels is kind of an OG because he had Tim Tebow for a while, and that's why we kind of <laughs> thought that this could work. But it's really impressive what they've been able to do. It is impressive, especially when you consider their receiving core. And I, I talked about Nikhil Harry and, and those guys. Uh, we have sort of latched on to some combination of Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. Would you consider starting any of those guys? Maybe not in, in season long leagues, but you know, daily, would you give them a look? I've kept trying. I've been trying to hit the right combination <laughs> because there is there is a pathway there. 
at some point. And last week, if you would have had in Keel Harry, you would have been like, okay, this is really cool. It's just not, it's just not consistent enough. And that's the one problem that we've seen. And so Cam is the only guy. I like Damian Harris too a little bit, but it's Cam's the only guy that I really have a lot of faith in starting fantasy wise. So I would, I would probably shy away from those receivers. Yeah, I same. Um, you know, I think if, when the matchup is great, maybe I give them a shot. I don't know that the matchup is great here. And one of those guys is going to at least occasionally line up against Jalen Ramsey, which seems no bueno for, for whoever is going to be that unlucky soul. So uh, I would probably probably fade this matchup. Uh, I actually was not paying attention to my own rundown and realized that we're supposed to talk about Cam Akers here. I just saw that Cam too. Akers yeah, earlier. I just saw that pop up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we are talking Cam Akers. We are talking about Cam Akers. You know, that that that'll teach me to not actually pay attention to what I put in the rundown. A lot of uh, there's every, a lot of good stuff week. in this, Marcus. We let, let's talk friends again because when Brad Pitt was on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I will say this. Let's in case you know, just to go back to this point about the 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 thing with Cam Akers. Why don't we talk a little bit about the the Patriots running backs though? Which sure. page, are you starting any? Because I actually don't believe that you should start Damian Harris this week because the Rams are so good against the run. You got Sony Michelle back, James White is there, and Cam is still the de facto goal line running back. So I, I, I don't think that you can start a Patriots running back this week. I don't think you can. I mean, Damian Harris is the guy that I like the most out of that backfield, yeah. which is sort of weird. I mean, James White has stepped in and had some some decent games, but I feel like his production is sort of volatile, and that makes it hard. I I think the, the Patriots are fairly done with Sony Michelle. Like, they don't really seem to be in a hurry to get him back on the field. And, uh, hey, nice producing. They have some uh, – I'm, I'm impressed. They've about. done a great this job is, uh, producing. They're you know, producing the hell out of this show. You guys are producing the hell out of this show, no it's doubt. So good, um, like they they pull this up with no no. I mean, they no had delay. the Kirk Cousins stuff, they had the Jay, the, the Damian Harris stuff, but yeah, I think I'd probably stay away from those guys this week because uh, even with Harris, when he's had his better games, he just doesn't score touchdowns, and so it's nice yeah. to get that 80, 90 yards rushing, but if he can't follow it up with a touchdown, uh, then I feel bad. Uh, so I I would probably avoid those guys there. Yeah, he um, had. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. He had 49 percent mm -hmm. of the snaps last week. Sonny Michelle still got 33%. I don't know if that's because it was a blowout and perhaps I checked out of that game a little too early and didn't notice it, but it's like, it's, it's still annoying. Like, Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, hopefully they were just pulling them out because you know, it was so one-sided, but it's still an annoying thing. I expect this to be a lot like that Super Bowl, where it's not going to be a lot of points. It's not going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. And if you're starting any <laughs> of these guys for your fantasy team, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much. Check it out on NFL Network Thursday night. Uh, but please uh, tune in. <laughs> please watch. So the season is still going on, which means we're still doing Fantasy <laughs> Bites, which means you should be watching Fantasy Bites. It airs Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can find it streaming at NFL.com on the apps at YouTube as well. It's got Rank. It's got Kimmy Checks. It's got Michael F. Florio. Uh, what are you talking about this week on the show? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because Kimmy has connections to both the Saints and the Chiefs. So I, I, I want to see where her loyalties will fall if those two teams uh, meet in the Super Bowl. But we do have uh, some great some great nuggets on Taysom Hill. So we're going to get into that, deep dive a little bit. And also it's my annual push to convince people next season to draft Travis Kelsey at the end of the first round, perhaps the early second round. So that and Michael F. Florio will be in there dropping knowledge like he usually does. So if you can check out Fantasy Bites. We would appreciate it. It's been a really fun show. It's the first year, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy this show, you should enjoy that show.
I will sign your Travis Kelsey petition. By the way, I'm uh, I'm totally down with that. Let me um, let me just say, like, the, I'll give you a yeah. little little tease on that. So imagine where you drafted Michael Thomas this season. How different would your roster look if you had taken Kelsey <laughs> there instead of Michael Thomas? We'll talk about you that. I would have had to scrounge around on the waiver wire nearly as much, certainly. Um, all right, yeah. let's do a quick, some, some quick wire taps before we get out of here. Uh, guys that you might have either picked up on the waiver wire or more importantly, maybe guys in in daily fantasy that uh, are going to be potential values that you might consider putting in your lineup. So uh, start with Ty Johnson, who came in, had 100 yards last week against the Raiders after Frank Gore without, went out with an injury. So, uh, you know, just sort of saying let's let's hypothetically say Frank Gore is not available this week would you consider Ty Johnson against the Seahawks yeah this is more of a daily play for me I I love it I think he's going to end up being a very great value uh for you it's a little risky this is the kind of thing that if it's week eight and I'm in the bye week hell and I'm trying to find a running back then let's give Ty Johnson a shot but to me, if I'm looking between him and somebody like Giovanni Bernard, and I know Giovanni Bernard did not come through for us last week, I would rather dial up Giovanni Bernard against the Cowboys than Ty John. I know it's very specific, but you know, <laughs> I think um, the point is, is I think you might have better options in your season-long leagues. In season-long, definitely. But daily, I, I would certainly look at Ty Johnson. Love him in different. If Frank Gore comes back, then this is all a moot point. But if, if Frank Gore's not there this week, then I think Johnson sees the ball quite a bit. Uh, Andy Dalton has a range game this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, again, probably not so much in season long, but daily, would you would you think about the Red Rifle against his old club? By the way, there's a lot of good revenge games. So you have this mm -hmm. one. You have Ma Alex Smith against the San Francisco 49ers. You've got Young Way Koo. Against the Chargers, right. there's a lot of good ones. <laughs> I have been burned, though, too many times thinking that Andy Dalton is going to have a good game. Like, this is he'll come out and he'll play really well. And obviously, two touchdowns against the Ravens was significant. He's got the Bengals, which is a great matchup. But I would rather look at other quarterbacks. Again, week eight, and I'm having a laugh. You know, I need a, I'm in a bind at a quarterback position. I'll give Andy right. Andy Dalton. I was going to say Andy Rifle. Andy Dalton is shot here. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, it's cool. But fantasy playoffs, I just don't see it. Unless it's – I don't even know what the necessity would be. I don't know. Like, there's nobody on a bye week. Nobody's injured. So, I don't know what you – I don't know who you've been playing. I do want to say this, too. If you, if you are looking at quarterbacks, the only thing that I would consider – like, I know, like, in week 15, Russell Wilson has the Washington FT. And the way Russell has been playing this season, I don't know, or the end of the season, I don't know that I want to start him against Washington next week. I'm really concerned about that. So I went to go see if Brady was available. I went to go. We talked about Kirk Cousins earlier in the show. Even West Coast Trubisky himself, Jared Goff, <laughs> it's got the Jets in week 15. If I'm making a move at the quarterback position this week, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm trying to hone in on looking at my matchups moving forward. And so that's that's kind of where my head's at right now. All right. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't. I'm with you on, on Dalton, though, this week against the Bengals. I've been burned too much. I can't do it. Um, last one, Colin Johnson, who's had a couple of decent games back-to-back -back against the Titans, whose secondary has been kind of awful. Uh, any interest there in, in Colin Johnson? Yeah, Colin Johnson has been interesting. I do notice, too, though, that DJ Chark was still the most targeted guy last week. He had seven targets. I believe Colin had six. So it's really close. 
I don't know why I'm still such a mark for DJ Chark and want to believe that that's <laughs> going to be a thing. I don't know. I, it's a great matchup. Like, you know the Jags are going to score 30 points in that game. It's just deciding at this point of the season which one of these running or which one of these receivers that you want to go with. And I don't, I just don't have a trust level in either one of those guys. And again, hopefully, you know, if we've gotten to this point, I know uh, DJ Moore was on the COVID list. So perhaps mm-hmm. you have to go look at somebody. I don't know. I got to go back and watch the Jags again. I got to figure this out because I might have, because I still have DJ Chark. I don't want to have to play him, although I have Cam Akers. So I'm, as long as Cam Akers is ready to go tomorrow, that's going to be my flex guy. I know I'm talking through my my own personal life. <laughs> but I just think that there's other situations where I have more trust. And as much as I want to believe in the Jags, I love everything that Tony Khan's doing for AEW because that's been amazing. The Jags, oh, whatever. But AEW has been amazing. Uh, Kenny Omega was on Impact on Tuesday. Night. There's a lot of cool things going on. It's a long way to say that I'm probably not trusting Colin Johnson this week. That's fair. I can't figure out Jaguars receivers, and I tend to just, you know, get sucked into either, it's either recency bias or I just call, come back to LaVisca Chenault because that's where I was at the start of the oh, season. Oh, yeah, and you love little, that guy. There's been very little in between for me. So I, I could see a situation where I talk myself into maybe flexing Colin Johnson or at least putting him in a daily lineup just to see what happens. Uh, because, again, Can we say DraftKings? Are we not allowed to – like DraftKings? Oh, we can say it. Sure. That's my I just, daily you know, I know thing. that there's – in DraftKings, if, if, if I'm putting together a DraftKings lineup. DraftKings lineup. I always Johnson. feel bad sometimes when I say daily. I'm like, I only like I mean, DraftKings. I don't know. Am I in trouble for saying the that? Show. Well, no, okay. they sponsor the show, so I'm sure they're they're thrilled that we're saying DraftKings. Because they're awesome. Yeah, times. DraftKings. Make DraftKings. sure you're playing with them. If you're doing daily and you're not doing DraftKings, I think you're dropping the ball. I'll you're say it. I'll put it out there. You're probably doing it wrong, so uh, which seems like a good note for us to end on because that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, it's a little bit unfair that only one company gets to make Monopoly. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.